0: Hey everyone, this is the Love of Cinema Podcast. We like to talk movies. If you like to talk movies too, you come to the right place.
1: So on so many levels Aligar was important. For me, if you ask me personally yes it was cathartic yes i had seen so many people so many for some friends of mine who had died before their time people who had taken their lives people who had died of illnesses related to their to to their lifestyles and it to be able to tell this story and to be able to uh, you know give voice uh, to this anguish uh, i think was uh, a great opportunity.
0: Hey folks, my name is Imanchu and you're listening to the Love of Cinema podcast. Welcome to a brand new episode. On today's episode, we'll be chatting with a person closely associated with two very important films of my generation, Satya and Aligard. Both films are quite special, and for a number of reasons. We'll talk about all that and much more with Apoorva Asrani. Asrani needs no introduction, but I will provide one anyways, just for the record. Asrani has scripted some of the most compelling films of our times, including Aligardh, Shahid, and Waiting. He has also collaborated in the capacity of an editor with some of the best storytellers in the last 25 years or so. Asrani has worked with Ram Gopal Verma, Kalpana Lajmi, Nagesh Kukunur, and Hansul Mehta, amongst others. We'll be chatting about his creative takeaways from working with these directors, as well as his approach to editing. Asrani has also been an early openly gay member of the Mumbai Film Fraternity. And has been one of the leading champions of LGBTQ rights in India. Apurva and I chatted about everything from Satya and Ram Gopal Verma to Aligarh and Made in Heaven. We discussed the challenges of cutting a brilliant performance like that of Manoj Vajpayee's in Aligarh. And I also asked Apurva if Aligarh was cathartic in a way, as a writer who also happens to be gay. He spoke compassionately and candidly on the struggles of young gay men in India, and also touched on why it's so important for many closeted influential names from all walks of life to come out. We also spoke about some of the early Hindi films with underlying themes of homosexuality and homophobia, like Deepa Mehta's Fire and Onir's My Brother Nikhil. Apurvo was earnest, articulate, and insightful in his responses. In fact, so much so that I didn't edit almost any part of our chat. I decided to keep all of it. I thought you would like listening to every bit of it. Here's part one of my chat with Apurva Srani. I have to start the chat by asking you about one of the most iconic Hindi movies of all time, right? Um, I would argue that this movie is more than just a movie, and um, it's essentially a piece of nineties Indian pop culture. Of course, I speak of uh, Rangopal Varma's uh, Satya. And can you start out by telling us how you got on board uh, for this movie?
1: Satya, uh, in 95, uh, is when I began my career doing uh, promos for feature films. They used to be a very popular countdown show on a newly launched Channel V called uh, BPLOA. Okay. And it actually, it started on MTV uh, and then moved uh, to Channel V, newly launched Channel V. And BPLOA essentially was um, a Bollywood countdown show. Uh, but it had uh, very, very interesting, uh, very clever uh, little uh, things in it. Like they they had this thing called the masala mix uh, where, uh, uh, what we did was we took, um, say, a Western song, say a Samantha Fox song or a Michael Michael Jackson song, and we cut it to a music video with uh, Sunil Shakti or Govinda, you know. So various songs of Govinda uh, were cut to sync to that music. <laughs> right. And, and even lip sync, you know.
0: Uh, right, right.
1: They, they did an incredible job of that. So that was actually my training ground as an assistant on that show. Um, And when I got down to actually uh, sitting on the editing table, um, I realized that, you know, you could do a lot more, uh, you know, on the table uh, and you could actually change the whole narrative. Um, So that that led to doing promos for films. And I worked for this company that uh, backed the contract to do Ram Gopal Verma's underproduction film then called Thor. Did you watch Daud?
0: Yes, of course. I was a big Ramu and uh, A.R. Rahman fan. So I've seen all of those movies. I, in fact, have them on DVDs. Yeah,
1: that was actually great fun. I mean, it was, uh, uh, I thought, uh, you know, very audacious film. And, it uh, was. Yeah, I, uh, probably not for uh, you know, mainstream audiences and stuff. But I, I know that Ram Gopal verma had a lot of fun making it. Um, right. That was right after Rangila, right? Mm-hmm. And Rangila was great because uh, Rangila just changed the whole landscape. I think uh, yes, for, absolutely. That was the turning point where I think um, you know, as as a teenager, I felt like this was an industry that uh, you know I could contribute to, and they were now making films that uh, I could relate to. Uh, the music of Rangila was phenomenal. Um, the way he shot it and the way he cut it and all of those things. I mean, it just was uh and in fact i was i was at Fantasyland, land this amusement park in bombay when uh verma was shooting uh, a sequence
0: oh that's right yeah there's a, right right okay so i must have been
1: like what from, i don't know 15 years old or something like that and i i stood there and watched uh, uh you know the shoot and i was really enamored by what was going on uh and i think there was this desire was born you know to to uh, work in in film, And especially after I saw that film and I saw what was being shot and now how it looked on screen and all of those things. Um, so while doing promos for films, this company that I worked for, um, uh, you know, uh, Rangupal Varma uh, approached them to do uh, promos for for Daud. And uh, uh, they asked me if I would like to do it. And I jumped at it and I said, you know, anything to meet this man.
0: <laughs> right, right. Uh,
1: he was he was a, a genius right? i don't think anyone has seen i mean i don't think we've seen uh, a more versatile filmmaker till date
0: absolutely i couldn't agree more with you yeah
1: yeah because i don't know if you've seen shiva
0: uh, absolutely yeah the, the, even booth and um uh, not booth i'm sorry rat, rat yeah. uh, you
1: know and then it was a telugu film and i'm half telugu so i'd seen his Telugu films as
0: well, like *Shanakshanam* and stuff. Yes, yes, that's the Nagarjun one, right?
1: Yes. So yes, yes. It, it was um, it was a great opportunity, uh, and I, I remember when that footage arrived, uh, uh, you know, wonderfully shot and Rahman's music. Uh, uh, you know, and I started uh, doing this promo uh, with this one vision that you know, when Ram Gopal Varma sees it. Uh, he sh- he should he should love it so much that he should want to know who is the person who did this. And <laughs> I I didn't go home for days, and I uh, worked on that edit. Um, and then Rangupal Varma came in to watch it, and you know he's got a very deadpan expression while watching things, and he just you know. Uh, scratches his face and he looks in some other direction when when he's talking to you and you don't know whether he likes it liked it or you know he doesn't like it till he actually says it and I think the the first thing he said was mind-blowing mind-blowing can you play it again so uh, very elated I played it again and we watched it over and over again Um, and he was very very impressed with uh, what had happened and then he asked me to cut some more and I did I did that with the same kind of passion that you know, uh, and 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 he really uh, enjoyed that. And then we started hanging out. Um, he he, we both lived in the suburbs, uh, and this was happening in the in in central Bombay, uh, the edit. So he offered to you know drive me to the suburbs where he was going, and you know I would sit with him in the car, and then he would say, "Would you like to drop into the edit where we're editing the odd? Uh, And I would say, yes. And then, um, you know, he was cutting the film on steam back. And uh, I remember going into that editing room and looking at that setup where, you know, people were still cutting on film at the time. And uh, I I think there was there was one song where he was kind of uh, uh, he was taking his time with the edit, trying to get it right. Uh, It was a montage of visuals and it was uh, a Remo And uh, Uh, While watching it, I remember, uh, you know, suggesting a few cuts uh, to him Uh, and uh, he would try those cuts out. And, you know, I remember how long it took to, uh, you know, just get one cut uh, uh, on Steenbank because you had to mark it and then you had to cut the rushes, uh, you know. Right,
0: right. This is old school. Yeah.
1: School, and then you had to like you know with cello tape, stick it together, watch it. it had to be it was so intricate, but it took a lot of time. so I remember uh, asking him, I said, you know why don't you consider cutting you know on avid and you know, he said i don't know all this uh, you know, this new uh, software and stuff like that so uh, we were having this chat, uh, and uh, he he in the car he told me about this new film that he was uh, planning to start. And it was about the Mumbai underworld. And um, I remember it was his red Maruti esteem. Uh, I remember exactly <laughs> where we were. Um, and uh, uh, it was fascinating, Himanshu, because, uh, you know, it was not just a film, like you said. Uh, yes. even, at, even at that point, because it reflected something that was uh, that had taken this country by storm, and and the Bombay film industry in particular, uh, you know, which was the, uh, uh, the, the the nexus it had with the underworld and the uh, uh, the extortions, and there were uh, um, attacks on film producers, uh, and there were extortion uh, attempts, and you know it was in the news every day, and absolutely, yeah. By a certain kind of a fear, this was just a few years after the blasts and all of those things. Right, And I remember thinking how, how brave he was, you know, to uh, want to tell this story. Um, and I said to him, I said, I said, Ramuji, why don't you uh, edit this film uh, on Avid? And he asked me to explain. And I said, you know, this is how it works. You, you can really within it's, it's as, as quickly as you think you can see your cut. Uh, and it's fascinating. And he said, you know what, uh, Ratnam, who he knew very well, uh, had just cut uh, his film Irwar on Avid. So he went and I got see. Okay. Uh, feedback on that. And then he said to me, he said, uh, Apura, why don't you cut the film? Um, and I mean, I, I wouldn't even dare ask him questions like why me how how am I going to cut it do I even <laughs> cut it film and I said yes 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 let's do it you know um and uh it, it was as as easy and um as simple as that I and mean, he just took a chance on 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 a 17 18 year old boy um and he offered me to edit satya and and then, you know, uh, Satya was a very close-knit team, whether it was Saurabh Shukla, Anurag Kashyap, the writers, whether it was the camera uh, men, uh, there was Gerard Hooper from the U.S. and there was Mazhar Kamran from India, uh, there were all the assistant directors, and everyone kind of hung out together in uh, Ram Varma's Varma's Varsova flat. Uh, where discussions were being had, look tests were happening. Urmila was trying out different looks, and you know, um, the uh, actors were jamming with the writers, and um, and we just spent all our time, uh, you know, incubating the film. Uh, and uh, I was also assisting him on the film, so I was on the sets when we were shooting it. Um, so yeah, this this whole journey of Satya was, uh, I think, you know not just the film, but even the preparation for it, I think, just set me up for a career in the film industry.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting, and as you mentioned, I, I think uh, like, Ramu had that um, kind of a halo around him, right? I mean, it's where all the cool kids used to hang out, like you said, uh, during that particular time, in mid-90s and everything. I think Atul Sabarwal was also there, and um, uh, he uh, he was breaking ground in perhaps, you know, weighs more than one with his films. And like you said, it was pretty brave to take on some subjects. So, yeah, I can only imagine how cool that has, uh, that must have been. Yep, yep. So um, my next question to you, Apurva, is, um, <clears throat> you know, Hal Ashby once said that the best place to learn about directing is in the cutting room. And editing is as much a part of storytelling as is uh, writing and direction now you have worked uh, with ramu you've worked with uh, kalpana lagshmi you've worked with hansul mehta you've worked with Kukunur. what were some of your uh, creative uh, takeaways from collaborating with all these uh, great storytellers
1: well, each each one of the filmmakers you mentioned and the others also who had the opportunity to work with um, had a, had very distinctive styles um with Ramgopal Verma at the time when we worked together, I think his style was was very organic, uh, very spontaneous. Uh, I don't think he ever started out with a bound script uh, for Satya. Uh, there was there was very few people did at that time, right? At that time, uh, uh, yeah, you're right about that. Even even Hansal Mehta, with whom I worked with on Chal, uh, uh, did not really have. Uh, uh, I mean, he had a script uh, which wrote, but I think he also uh, played around a lot with it. You know, right? Right.
0: There was a lot of improv. And, yeah. There was a lot of
1: improvisation. Uh, there was a lot of um, uh, additions uh, on set, and uh, you know, there, there was the opportunity to to do something on the editing table uh, with 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 Ramuji especially. I felt like uh, you know, I was a kid in a in a candy store because you had all these wonderful actors, uh, you know, with a style of performance that was uh, so rare, uh, you know, only seen in a couple of films before that, maybe bandit queen and, Israt uh, uh, and you know, uh, right. Right. We weren't getting to see that kind of a realistic kind of, a uh, you know, portrayal or performances uh, or dialogue in those days. Um, and, uh, you know, so you had all these wonderful rushes and, uh, you know, I had this this editing console and, and this editing room where I could play around with things. Uh, and nothing was set in stone that, you know, this, this, this story has to begin here or end here or the scene has to contain this or, you know, not contain this. It was uh, there was a lot of freedom, you know, which was awarded to every head of department. In the, in the film, Hansel also had that style, uh, you know, where he shot things, but having been an editor himself, having cut promos himself, um, he really respected the space and, uh, you know, was uh, very aware of, uh, you know, uh, magic that can be achieved on the editing table. Um, uh, with Nagesh, I found uh, a far more um, uh, planned. Uh, and a far more uh, respect for the script uh, than with the other the, uh, directors. Uh, I think it's because he, he, you know, he 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 studied in the U.S. and had spent a lot of time there, and had seen a lot of cinema from there. So he came from a very different school where he did sure. a lot of his experimenting and a lot of his trials and everything on his script. Um, uh, with with Kalpana Lajmi, there was you know she was a voice screaming to get out. She she really wanted to reflect uh, you know uh, things that were going on in society that uh, were irking her. Um, you know she was very lyrical, very musical. Bopena Hazarika had a huge influence on her cinema. And even while we were editing it, he would come in and uh, sit in on the edits and really enjoy it because he felt like editing was akin to making music, and he always say that to me. Um, so each each filmmaker, I think, you know, has a different style, and it was right beautiful to be able to, uh, uh, you know, uh, learn from these uh, uh, filmmakers.
0: Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I guess everybody, everybody kind of uh, has their own style and everybody kind of lends. And it's, it's uh, I guess it's difficult to put a finger on it as to what you took from what uh, director. But I guess it kind of, you know, organically kind of comes together in your own style when you tell stories, I guess.
1: Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that the, all these filmmakers have influenced my craft as an editor, as a writer and even the stuff that I've directed. But I can't, I can't pinpoint what comes from where. I even spent, you know, time with uh, uh, filmmakers like Basu Bhattacharya uh, when I was. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, he would, he would. Uh, I, w- I was directing this uh, Durdashan series for the North
0: Belt called Hamari Parampara, produced by Shoba Doctor, who made Hamlo. Oh, wow. This was uh, before, uh, I'm guessing this was all before Satya and everything. Yeah, yeah. I I was already, I'd already spent about three, three and a half years,
1: uh, you know, working in film, in the the industry before Satya happened to me. Okay. Uh, So I I had a chance to, uh, you know, direct this show for the North Belt. That was a a, a rural-based program, I think. It was to do with, uh, you know, things that, uh, you know, people in villages, uh, you know, the issues that they face and the orthodox mindset that they were trying to do away with, Uh, you know, the social ills like dowry and, you know, uh, like um, uh, child marriage and all of those things. So uh, I got a chance because the director that was doing it moved on to do something else and... You know, I was doing promos for pretty much the same company that I told you about earlier uh, that Shoba Doctor was associated with. So they called me in to, uh, uh, you know, fill in the director's shoes. Uh, and that was a great experience. I mean, uh, You know, just uh, and then Basu Bhattacharya, who was a friend of uh, Shobha Doctors, uh, used to come into the edit and, uh, you know, help out because uh, this was a show that she was making after a long time so he gave me a lot of tips you know i remember his his whole style was that the camera should be placed very naturally uh, hmm. you know the angles should be uh, uh, should not be angles that are uh, jarring or stylized for the sake of it uh, um, it should, shouldn't
0: be orchestrated kind it of it should right. be
1: orchestrated i mean it's it's almost like theater on on the, on the right so the camera you know uh, plays the role of the eyes of the viewer and why would you stand over the head of a person looking down at his or her nose and those kind of uh, you know, right, right. uh makes, makes perfect sense yeah makes sense but then i went and worked with ramupal varma who didn't give a damn about those <laughs> <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's ramu's beauty right
1: yeah and it worked it worked really well you know it, it, sorry to some disturbance that's okay. You, you know, if, if there's one thing that I, I I have learned, and it's only because we're having this conversation that I'm realizing this, is that you know there there are no rules. There Absolutely. is no right, right way to tell a story. There is no incorrect way to tell a story. I think each filmmaker, each storyteller, you know, must stay true to his or her grain, um, you know, and find uh, uh, you know uh, their voice and and put it out there as authentically as possible and uh, i think that is the one common thing that all these filmmakers had you know
0: right right yeah i guess uh, i mean uh, after ramu I, I was just thinking in my mind i mean i, I think kashap has been doing that now for many years right i mean yeah. his whole thing is also i mean there's uh, pretty much breaking rules with every new film that he's making true, true. Now, I understand you took um, part in an international experiment to cut a five-minute cut from Nick Knight's footage of a fashion collection. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. And... Could you tell me more about what uh, this was about? And I saw your cut, and it's very nice. It's 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 like a small montage um, along the themes of fantasy, and it has a very specific aesthetic to it. I thought, but could you tell me what um, the, what was the theme that you um, had assembled um, your cut along? Yeah,
1: this is actually one of my most exciting projects. It- it's um, in India. Very few people uh, knew about it or, or talked about it, um, and I and I and I was very excited for people to know about it, just to see the kind of experiment that was being conducted. Right. And also, very. And pres- this this was quite quite a few years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. This was this was more than ten years ago. Um, it, okay. It, so 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 Show Studio is is uh, uh, a very uh, well known um, UK arts collective um run by nick knight this uh, uh well-known fashion photographer right and uh what nick knight did was he went and shot i think it was 12 hours of footage if i'm not mistaken um of john galliano the designer's uh spring collection uh at the paris fashion week uh but this was a very unique uh, uh fashion week as well a u- very unique uh uh, collection and a presentation by uh, Galliano, because for for the first time he 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 put real people on the ramp. He put people with flaws. He put people who were fat, thin, short, exceptionally tall. Uh, you know, people who didn't fit the whole um, uh, you know construct of beauty as we know it.
0: Yeah, and I can imagine there must be a lot of pushback for this kind of ideas back then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was. I mean, this was a highly
1: controversial show as well, you know, because people thought that he was making fun of of a certain kind of people, and you know, Galliano has been very controversial with his work. Um, But I thought I thought it was a it it was a wonderful experiment because uh, you had the most interesting characters walking. Uh, the ramp you had these uh, you know 60 something year old twin women who were spinsters uh you know uh, and who, who 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 uh absolutely did not match your idea of uh, you know a, a ramp model uh you had this big burly man with a long mustache um, you know you had a, a a man who was three and a half feet tall a midget uh you know you had uh, a woman who was extra large size uh, with beautiful dimples. And so so what what Nick Knight did was he shot, and, and all these people were, uh, you know, uh, housed at the Ritz Hotel, and they were suddenly living the, the lap of luxury, uh, a life they had never seen before during, uh, you know, this event. So Nick Knight shot them, you know, in their rooms, having dinner, making out with each other, uh, you know, having a bath in bathtubs, you know, by the Eiffel Tower. It was exquisite footage, you know, and very beautiful. I mean, you know, when you saw that footage, when I saw that footage, I I was just struck by the beauty. And and the irony was that these are not conventionally
0: beautiful people. Right, Uh, right. Oh, there is uh, certainly a certain aesthetic to it. I, I saw. I mean, I only saw your cut, but I could tell from that. You know, it's um, uh, that it 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 does uh, subscribe to a certain um, director's uh, aesthetic or a photographer's aesthetic. I could tell that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the very people. They were characters, you know. And and when you when you when you uh, you know listen and 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 you watch and and you give an audience to people who are characters, people you normally ignore, then they light up something from inside of them lights up and that's exceptionally beautiful. So, so there was all this footage, 12 hours of footage that went out to, uh, uh, you know, I think 12 filmmakers from around the world. And and they all represented, we all represented, you know, different streams of filmmaking uh, or different industries. So you had, uh, you know, somebody called, this is the guy, the leading uh, commercial filmmaker, uh, I mean, ad filmmaker from the UK called Sam Snead. Uh, you know, who makes, uh, you know, these wonderful 30-second, one-minute ad films. Uh, so he got the footage and he put his spin on it. And then you had, uh, you know, the director of Leaving Las Vegas. Um, oh, God, I forget his name. Uh, Mike Figgis. Mike Figgis. Yes. The nominated film. So Mike Figgis was a f- represented feature films, you know, and he got that footage, you know. And then there was Anna Spann. Who is a leading or was a leading? I've not followed her work since so a pornography filmmaker. Uh, and then there was uh, the Big Brother editing team, you know, which was a reality show was Big Brother was just had hit it really big uh, in those days, and, and reality TV was suddenly this phenomenon.
0: So Breaking you, through, yeah.
1: So you had twelve hours of footage in the hands, and I I I was called in to represent Bollywood, you know, for want of a better term, you know. So. Uh, uh, we were also given 12 music tracks to choose from and to give, you know, put our spin on it. You know, and I said, you know, I went in saying, I'm not going to do Bollywood. I don't belong to any such thing. I'm just going to be me, right? Right. Uh, uh, And and let's not, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, conform to any stereotypes here or anything like that. But while cutting it, I realized that my choices were so quintessentially indian and you know <laughs> also i mean I, I want to use the term bollywood but i don't like the term but yeah it, it could actually fit in the cinema it. yeah uh, because because I, I i used the most lilting romantic uh track that <laughs> i could find uh you know and i i found a love story love stories between characters in in all the footage i discarded anything that didn't fit within that and and uh, i found that uh, uh, you know uh, people when you fall in love uh, and when you really fall in love you know you, you're not looking at the superficial you're not looking at stuff that's just skin deep you're going deeper uh, you know you're looking at a person a personality character uh, you know uh, goodness uh, you know kindness all of those things and and so uh, a man might be an extremely short person called a midget in our world, but uh he could be extremely extremely attractive uh you know when he touches the face of his lover um, The two women who are sisters uh who 've never met uh, another man they 've just been together, they never settled down with someone else, spent their whole lives together uh you know they fantasize about uh, finding love, but you know they probably can 't break out of the comfort zone that they are. So uh, I was able to edit these things in. And coincidentally, you know, I found that, uh, you know, uh, it the climax of my film is a wedding. You know, you can't get more Bollywood than that. <laughs> right. You know, I, it, it was because the, I had this celebration where, you know, after the show, everybody was celebrating, having a great time. <sighs> and I said, you know, this could be a marriage celebration, but I don't have a wedding. I can't create a wedding. <laughs> And then I found that the the, the, the guy who, uh, uh, the, the, the man who was a midget and there was another girl who was also of similar height were made to walk the ramp as the showstoppers, the finale, whatever you call it, right? Yeah. And people were throwing flowers at them. And the guy was dressed in you uh, know a tuxedo with a hat and the girl was wearing a white dress. And I said, look, this is a wedding. So I was able to stitch that in towards the end. Uh, like a wedding, and, you know, lo and behold, we had a Bollywood film. So it was uh, extremely well-received.
0: Now, um, I would I want to talk a lot about Aligarh. Um, first of all, just a brilliant uh, film. Um, I love this film. Uh, the writing is excellent. Everything is uh, so good about this film. Uh, and um, uh, was this film, as a writer who also happens to be a gay man, uh, cathartic for you in a way and um, I ask that because um, writing of this quality uh, often comes from a deeply personal place um, you know I know that the movie is based on Professor cirrus and it's a true story but I'm guessing that it must have meant something much more than just another project or uh, just another script for you could you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah yeah I I like I woke up one morning. I think we were, uh, we had just finished uh, City Lights uh, after Shahid, and right. um, I think Hansel called me around eight thirty or nine in the morning, and he asked me, he said, "Apu, have you heard of uh, this uh, guy, Professor Siras?" He said the the professor, the, the 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 gay professor who was uh, found dead in 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 his in his house. And he said, "Yes, yes. Do you know about it?" I said, "You know, I was on an NDTV panel um, the day he died, uh, discussing mm. his death." Uh, and uh, he said, did, "Did did you did you did you follow it up? You know what happened?" I said, "You know what? I mean, I was so angry then and all of that, but." I never followed it up. As we do, I mean, these news stories, they come into our lives. We outrage, we get angry, and then we forget all about them. And uh, similarly, the same thing had happened with Shahid. And, uh, you know, the same thing was had happened with uh, Professor Siris as well. And he said, yes, this, this girl, I, I don't know who she is. Her name is Ishani Banerjee. And she's just sent me this uh, story and, you know, news clippings more than anything of, of his death, uh, of his uh, case. And, you know, suggested that I should make a movie on it. And I said, you know, Hansel, this is fascinating. I said, I would love to write this. He said, are you are you sure you think you'd be able to write it? I said, of course. I mean, this is, you know, uh, this is something that I've been waiting for, for years. Because, you know, when we saw films like Dostana, and then we saw films, several films where, uh, you know, gay men were lampooned. Uh, you know, and were there for comic relief. Um, it actually affected the community in a very adverse way. Uh, you know, I don't think the filmmakers intended for it for it to be that, you know, but, but uh, what happened was that people like my family, my parents, you know, their whole idea and understanding of homosexuality came from these films because there was nothing else. Like when I was growing up, Himanshu, Uh, in Bombay in in the 80s uh, there was nothing out there that even pointed towards um, yeah I
0: can imagine
1: there was was one man you know an activist named Ashok Rao Kavi who's still standing tall
0: yes yes who uh,
1: you know would speak up about it but he was ridiculed Uh, he was made fun of there was a lot of animosity towards him and you didn't want to associate with that so you were actually searching in the dark and then anytime there was something coming close to it in our cinema, it would be somebody being, somebody buffooning it, you know, or somebody, uh, you know, just, just there to hit on the hero and the hero would push him aside and, you know, go go for the heroine and, you know, but he, was, he was there to just, uh, uh, you know, make people laugh, you know, so uh, that that used to hurt, that really used to hurt. The, the, there was one film in 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 the mid two thousands, you know. Yes. Uh, called My Brother Nikhil that Onir.
0: Yes, yes. I was going to get to that afterwards. On yes.
1: The, and that film was a saving grace. That film was a saving grace. That film, race. That film I, can, I can never be thankful enough to Onir for making that film and, and Beautiful for, film, yes. presenting sad. presenting uh, uh, two gay men with such dignity, uh, you know, with such sensitivity, you know uh and 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 to the actors you know for for playing it yes. with, with, with so much respect um and 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 i and i remember that you know i i had i had hoped that this would begin a trend uh you know uh, but yes. it's nothing there was nothing after that between my brother nikhil and agi girl it was a good 10 years at least
0: Yes, yes. You yeah. know, it's uh, <clears throat> it's great that you're you're um, talking about this film because my next question was going to be about that, um, you know, because I always felt that uh, my brother Nikhil was really well uh, received and critically acclaimed. And it's a beautiful film, but it never kind of had the wider impact or the sweeping kind of recognition that aligarh got. And maybe it's it was just ahead of its time. Uh, it could be but um, yeah i was going to ask you that but why do you feel that was the case uh, back when that film uh, released
1: oh, well it was definitely ahead of its time uh, and you know it did get a lot of traction uh, it it had it had uh, you know well known actors playing the part it had juhi chavla in the film as well um it it uh, you know it had support from some people from the film industry um uh, and that's what i i mean i i was surprised myself that, you know, uh, there was no follow-up, you know, on that film, you know. Actually, maybe about 10 years before that, there was a film. There was Fire. Yes. Which was which, was, which was also a very, very well-made film. Uh, yes. Azmi. You know, but that film ran into huge controversy. Uh, there were fringe groups that went and, uh, you know, uh, attacked cinema halls and, uh,
0: you know, close down the film and, and film. And- that was because of the character names or uh, something, right? I remember, um, vaguely, uh, um, it was uh, the the, uh, the lead character names uh, the, in the film. There was like Sita and uh, some. Uh, was that the issue?
1: So that too, that was one of the issues. But the, 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 they also spoke about how uh, immoral the film was and, you know, uh, right, right, right. How, how it was basically against the whole fabric of family and society and all of those things. Uh, you know, well-known leaders had spoken up against the film and stuff like that. So. Uh, it it unfortunately, I mean, and even though the film did play after that and did reasonably well, uh, you know, the, nobody dared, you know, make a film on the subject again. The very uh, I I think uh, uh, Deepa Mehta made made Fire, and and then she made uh, Water, which also Water. had some controversy. So I think you know, I think filmmakers just said you know we're not going to touch this kind of stuff because it's just too much of a headache and uh, it's too frustrating. You know, for then for Nick for for Oni to be. which make, is very
0: unfortunate.
1: But. It's it's very unfortunate, but you know, also if you look back at the whole timeline, where yes. we are today, and we're in a very good place with LGBTQ representation in 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 the media, an excellent place today. Uh, yes. It's a journey. It's a journey, and it couldn't have it begun. Takes time. Uh, yeah, it, it it takes time. It takes time to change mindsets. So for an aligarh to be made. Uh, you know, that one has to be, uh, one has to give due credit to Fire and my brother Nikhil because they went out there and, uh, they you They paved know, the path, certainly. They, paved, they yeah. paved the way. They paved the way, un- undoubtedly. So we could take it further. Also, I, you know, the thing about Aligarh is that it came at a very crucial time. Uh, if you remember in 2009, the Delhi High Court decriminalized homosexuality. And then for between 2009 and 2013, we had this golden period where it was okay to be gay. The law was on our side. And in 2013, when it went to the Supreme Court, we all expected the Supreme Court to uphold this decision, right? But in 2013, the Supreme Court, you know, delivered a terrible blow to human rights when they uh, uh, reversed this decision and homosexuality was criminalized again. So I think it was December 2013, near the end of the year, right? Um, and what happened after that was instead of going back into our shells, a lot of LGBTQ people in India uh, decided to come out and fight harder. Because you see, we had, we had been exposed. It was like a right. huge betrayal, right? Uh, and now there was no going back. There was no going back into closets for many of us, so there was a certain kind of an atmosphere that was determined. People were determined to fight this and for the law to change. There was anger. There was a lot of anger, and I think Ali represented that anger, that frustration, that fight back. Right, it, that anguish, and, that kind of struggle. Exactly. It. 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 it, it we, we started making it a year. And a bit after this decision, right? So within that time, we had we had seen this whole we had seen eight years of of uh, homosexuality uh, out there in the public domain, right? Uh, being discussed, being dissected. We had seen the support that the media and the thinkers, the intellectuals, uh, were offering the LGBTQ, uh, and 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 also cases, unfortunately. Cases like what happened to Professor Siras, you know, uh, uh, it, it was something that everyone took up this fight. When Professor Siras was found dead, uh, his story was on every news channel. Uh, uh, and, and I think that making Aligard at this point, at this time, was almost like A whole nichode, I can't find a better word, you know, an English word for it, you know, a a concentration of all of this that we had in so many years. So, on so many levels, Aligarh was important. For me, if you ask me personally, yes, it was cathartic. Yes, I had seen so many people, so many people, some friends of mine who had died before their time, people who had taken their lives, people who had died of illnesses related. To their, to, to their lifestyles. And it, to be able to tell the story and to be able to, uh, you know, give voice uh, to this anguish, uh, I think, was uh, a great opportunity, something that, uh, you know, uh, I took very seriously. Right, right.
0: And that—that's the power of cinema, right? I mean, it's—it's it's, on one hand, it's just a film, and it's a uh, but, you know, it can have this kind of a sparking uh, effect. It could be a, a movement or something like, just like what Philadelphia, you know, Jonathan Demme's uh, great picture, did in Hollywood. I mean, um, you know, even in a country like U.S., uh, until that uh, movie came out. Um, people were not that straightforward in acknowledging homophobia, and afterwards, uh, once the movie got that kind of the recognition and um, success, uh, you know it, people started accepting that yes, you know this is something that is uh, prevalent.
1: True and if you see it begins with a film like um, uh, Philadelphia you know which which actually talks about the anguish uh, and the suffering of a gay man right uh, yes. and a strategy but it paves the way for films like uh, birdcage and Priscilla, queen of the desert and various other films that are a celebration right so yes. I, I think aligarh uh, you know was was the first step uh, in in being right. able to uh, 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 you know uh, bring out the tragedy the travesty of what has what this communi- community has been subjected to now you imagine you know, uh, someone like me—I've lived my entire life, right—hiding uh, from different sections of society my my real identity. I would go out to events and parties and uh, you know office events where uh, everybody was there with their wives and their children, and you know uh, the, their their partners were getting due respect, and you know, uh, but but I couldn't even talk about it, let alone bring my partner. To it, because there was this whole fear—fear fear on so many counts, fear of how society will reject me, ridicule me—but also the fear of the law. You no, know, will somebody, you know, plant a camera in my house, you know, and see me do the things that I do, and then what happens to my life? What happens to my career? This always used to be a fear. And then when I saw what happened to Professor Siras, this man, this this absolutely dignified, uh, quiet. A man of letters, this poet, you know, who keeps to himself, doesn't involve himself in other people's affairs, you know, uh, uh, does what he does uh, very well, you know, uh, has reached a certain position in his workplace, is in the privacy of his own bedroom, you know, having an intimate moment, getting through his lonely night with somebody. Yeah. And there are complete strangers who have no business being there, walking into his house. With a camera, breaking into his house with a camera, and filming him in his private moments, forcing him—it's—it's it's one of the cruelest, it's one of the most cruel things that you can yeah, do. Yeah, it's obscene. It's just obscene. again, like, you know, somebody has no, nobody has any business doing it. And what I found remarkable about this whole case is that it wasn't fought on the basis of. It wasn't fought. uh uh, uh Uh, 377 was not the issue here that's not what the lawyers fought that's not what lawyers collective and Anand Grover the people who represented uh, Professor Siras uh, fought against because if you when Professor Siras was harangued that this happened it was actually legal to be gay in India that was the golden period that was the 2009 to 2013 2013 right yeah you know so this happened in 2010 to Professor Siras right So what what did they fight about? The case was fought on a man's right to his privacy and his dignity. Article 21. It's in our constitution that nobody has the right to invade somebody's private space without his permission. Nobody has the right to get in there. Forget about what he was doing inside there. What were you doing in his house? So I think that became the, the, uh, uh, you know, the through line. Uh, the message of Aligarh, you know, uh, right. and I, that's what caught on, uh, you know, with, with people who watched the film as well. That was the angle. And also Professor Siras was not an activist. He was not a gay rights activist. He didn't right. even properly self-identify as gay. He was belonged to a generation where the word didn't exist, right? He probably didn't want to be labeled. So, So these conversations, these questions, uh, you know, were running in my mind, found their way uh, to the script of Aligarh. Right, right.
0: That's great. That's great. Thanks a lot for uh, explaining it so well, Upur, uh, because uh, <clears throat> you can tell. I mean, uh, like you said, this movie is much more than you know what it seems on the surface, and um, it's. Uh, It's a landmark in, um, uh, you know, LGBTQ cinema, but it's also about loneliness and breach of privacy, like you said, uh, you know, which affects everybody. And what a performance by Manoj Bajpayee, uh, good God, what an actor. And um, now you were um, editor as well as a writer on this movie, correct? That's true. Can you tell us what what kind of, um, you know, fine line you need to walk uh, when you're cutting a performance that is um, so brilliant, you know, where to cut out anything would be leaving out a great piece of performance. Uh, yeah,
1: the, it, it was a tough one. Uh, being being my first full-fledged script, I had worked as an additional screenplay writer on Shahid. And uh, I was editing the film and we were, uh, you know, it was a real low-budget film. We didn't have the funds. And, um, so we would shoot and then we would wait for money and some not knowing when it would come if it would come but what hansel and i would do was jam in the editing room and just find different ways of narrating the story you know whether it was breaking the linearity of it or imposing a linearity to the structure whether it was deciding that see certain scenes didn't really need to be shot we didn't have the money. Can we do without these scenes? And you know, making a decision to uh, eliminate those scenes from uh, scenes from the uh, script, and and to replace it with something that you know fit within this new structure that we were uh, developing. Uh, so we had that time, and I got the opportunity there to be able to you know write certain scenes that would uh, you know fit within uh, this whole uh, uh, new narrative. And right. And while doing that, uh. Uh, I kind of realized that editing and uh, screenwriting are actually not that different from each other. Right. You see, because what you're doing is you're finding different ways to narrate this story. The same scene, the same uh, message, you know, is being, uh, can be told in several different ways. Now, what way are you going to choose? Are you going to begin with the end? are you going to end with the beginning? Uh, You know, do you want to follow this particular character and remove the other character who was also part of, you know, who, uh, who was narrating the story? Do you want to keep it more focused? Do you want it to be about just one character and his journey? So these are all decisions that you make when you're writing a screenplay and while you're editing as well. And, and I realized that there was something very similar about both these uh, uh, these spaces, uh, you know, screenwriting and editing. So by the time we came down to doing Ali Aligarh, I mean, I was far more confident of being able to write the film because we had, al- I had already touched upon it. Uh, in a Right. Yeah. You had a
0: prior experience, so yeah.
1: Yes, to, to some capacity. I won't take away from the writer, Samir saying uh, uh, at all. But there, was, there were things that I was able to add as a screenwriter to that. You know, and and so while writing aligarh I was always aware of the fact that no matter what my script is, with the kind of director Hansal is, who is also going to be extremely spontaneous on set and give his actors um, complete freedom to improvise and to bring things that uh, not he nor his script uh, would have uh, probably uh, envisaged in the past. Uh, there would be a lot of scope for me to actually rewrite this film on the editing table. And this is something that I have always known um, with Hansel's films, that this is a possibility later on. So by the time I came to the editing table and I saw the scenes that I had written played out uh, on the rushes, I saw so many new things that the actors had added that I had not even dreamed of. Like for example, the apki nazro ne samja song, which is which has become iconic. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a one one and a half line description in my script. He's having a drink, looking in the mirror, lip syncing a Lata Mangeshkar song. Right, there is nothing more. And for me, it was just a moment. But when when I saw the rushes, I saw that. In, every, in three magnifications that and Nakpal shot this uh, c- uh, scene, was just Manoj on the bed. In all three magnifications, Manoj has just delved so deep into the psyche of this character and lost himself that Hansel was unable to cut this. Say cut. Yeah, cut. it shows, yeah. Right. So my first cut was a 90-second cut, maybe less, a 60-second cut yeah because i'm still trying to uh you know deliver what i've written right you're talking about that whole fight that, that between a writer and an editor that conflict that can come
0: up yes yes that balance yeah
1: that balance and you know and I, I find that with anybody else's written material as well you know there are things that you absolutely love about what's written and then when you see it on in the rushes you know you have to take a call whether it's something that you really need and uh, in this case i found that Every time I made a cut, I was dissatisfied because it didn't, I had to leave out something really magical in Manoj's performance. So, so I, I kept doing versions, you know, and would watch it and he would like it. He'd say, but appu, kuch, to, kuch, to kam, hai. kuch to kam hai. You want to try moving this shot here? You want to try moving that shot here? Should we put this? Here, one day I just decided to just open up the rushes and to keep the song in its entirety Mm. and it really didn't fit within the place where i had written it 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 it, where i had written it it happens much later in the screenplay the the appearance of this particular moment
0: right i see okay
1: and and by then the drama is hotting up and i I couldn't afford a three-minute song oh my god this dog is going mad outside can you hold on (laughs) sure no worries Sorry about that. That's okay. Was that your dog? No, but uh, they're the neighborhood dogs. Oh, okay. They hang out here in the evening. Right. My dog's very quiet. He's 12 years old and uh, he's too old for this nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, with, with, um, I, I just opened up the cut, uh, you know, more and more and more and, um. I kept it in its entirety. And I realized that this is the only way to present this scene. There is no other way. Either we, we just don't keep it if we're going to, uh, you know, uh, uh, butcher it in any way. Uh, so once I had that card and once Hansel saw that card, and I remember us watching it with tears streaming down our eyes, I found another place for it. It it almost became uh, uh, Professor Siras' introduction in the film. Mm. And and that merited the length, you know. Uh, so so there were there were things like this uh, in the film because where
0: then it's kind of setting up the character.
1: It's setting up the character. It's setting up the fact that you know this man uh, mm. you know, is 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 hiding and withholding, uh, you know, a lot of pain uh, that the outside world is not going to see. Uh, you know, and you and you don't even spell out the pain. You know, you don't need to. Uh, it's it's obvious from what's uh from what you discover and what transpires that you know uh, this is probably his entire life he's 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 had to hide who he really is uh, you know in the confines of his room with curtains drawn and even that was not enough um so uh, there there were quite a few things that i found uh in the script uh, and it being it being my first full fledged script i found that uh you know to be honest that it was overwritten uh, I I think I might have um, cut out about twenty twenty five percent of the scenes that I wrote. There was there was a, a complete there was another whole angle uh, with the university and the vice chancellor of the university and his own shenanigans and his own oh, okay. uh, you know uh, reasons to manipulate this case and and while some well much of that might be true uh, it you know we found that it was making a villain it was it was directly giving you a face you could call a villain and that is something that we didn't want to do with Alika. because the moment you could you can pin it on one person right the whole of society is going to absolve itself
0: correct and you you don't want to do that at any cost yeah no
1: we don't because this is not about one person uh, you know r- wronging him you know there is there is no villain in this piece absolutely right it, it is the ignorance of society and the fear of society towards the to, of the unknown of, of uh, you know, that is prompting people to uh, treat uh, human beings in this manner. You know? So I got on the edit. I had to almost forget forget my script and and kind of rewrite it there. And I thought that was just such a wonderful experience to be able to do that. Uh, you know, to be able to find something new.
0: Right, right. And the music is such a big uh, piece in here. I mean, you guys have used it beautifully. Um, there is a lovely scene uh, where uh, Professor Siris is singing a Marathi song, which is a very favorite song of mine. Me, Mazaharapuna. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, was that something uh, that was part of your research or was that something you wrote in?
1: That was actually an assistant director uh, on the film, who was a Maharashtrian. Uh, oh, okay. there, definitely there was definitely a song that he sings uh you know uh, because it's, it's it's a beautiful moment there so and this,
0: was uh professor sirius a big fan of uh Lata mangeshkar and yes yes oh,
1: okay. so so in in his book uh paya khali uh paya khali hirwar is that the book yes uh grass under my feet yes yes yeah so, yeah, I've heard about it. I've never read it. Yeah, it, it, it was. We, you know, we could not find that book. We looked everywhere. We looked in libraries. We looked in Nagpur. We looked everywhere, and it's a book he won the uh, Marathi Sahitya Academy for.
0: Yes, Academy Award yes. for. Uh,
1: uh, uh, but but we couldn't find that book anywhere. That book we got after we had begun shooting, but we had found excerpts from that book and poems that he had written. Right, hmm. and one of them is an is an ode to Lata Mangeshkar. Oh wow! He loved Lata
0: Mangeshkar. He wrote an ode to her. Right? He. I would love to read that. If you have that, could you uh, send me that? I would love to read that. Yeah, let me, let me. I, I there was a yeah. Hard, whenever you get time, uh, yeah. If you, if, if a if you have a soft copy, of, off, your which I do not have
1: a soft copy of, but I, I will try and hunt that down. Uh, in fact, somebody else right. was Thanks. asking recently. Um. So. That there's that poem. And there's, there's a poem that he, he writes, uh, you know, uh, uh, an ode to his whiskey, his love for whiskey. Mm. And there's one poem called Hangover Ki Yaad. Uh, in, uh, in, in English, it would be you know, Memories of a Hangover.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: so the, from these things, I think we got glimpses into uh, his personality, uh, you know, uh, because he was an extremely private man right you know, people only knew about him activists and uh, you know knew about him when this uh, uh, you know this case blew up and they knew him in that capacity you know but to find uh, you know who this man was inside and who he was inside four walls you know a lot of it came from the few poems of his that we found from you know a few friends of his who spoke to us again very few people They knew him in a very limited capacity, even as friends. And the rest of it was, you know, a a gay man imagining what it is like to be in that position, in that place. So, for example, that poem uh, that he wrote, uh, 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 there's there's a poem in in the film called Oh Beloved Moon. Yes. Oh Beloved Moon, fear not the dawn that separates us, for we will meet again when the world goes to sleep right so heartbreakingly beautiful thank you so that that poem was inspired from a thought because because we had heard that he had written a poem which was an ode to the moon right but we we never had that poem we never found that poem and when we finally found it i mean it was we'd already written the film it's not it's not the same as what I finally managed to write, but the thought, the emotion of using the moon as a metaphor for a gay man, you know, a lonely gay man who probably finds companionship in the moon because you see a lot of gay men, closeted gay men are only able to uh, come out as the wrong word, but, but, but to show themselves in the dark of the night,
0: Correct. Is, express the,
1: themselves. Yeah. Well, that is where they will cruise. that is where they will find intimacy and sex, you know because it's not available to most of us in daylight. We will be judged, we will be pelted with stones, we will be arrested, we will be thrown out of our jobs so it's a it's a it's a very difficult situation you know, and to go to bed lonely every night for the rest of your life, you know so what does a man do i mean he 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 tries to find A companion for that night. A companion he knows that when the sun's rays come out in the morning, that companion will disappear. He will not recognize him tomorrow. So he builds this relationship with the moon. This again was inspired from a title of a poem that uh, Professor Siras had written. So it's
0: it's interesting.
1: Bits and pieces of information that we found, that we speculated you know, and were able to create a character, you know, uh, partly who he was and partly a projection of who we thought he was.
0: Right, right. And even both the songs, um, both the uh, Lata Madan songs, Aap Dil both those songs uh, just beautifully, uh, you know, what uh, that person's anguish, loneliness, and just uh, this kind of a despair that is creeping in. Um, uh, you know, they do a, such a great job of expressing that.
1: Yeah, man. But I mean, I'm just, when I heard them, I heard them for the first time in the rushes. I mean, this is, Hansel is a huge Latam fan himself. Oh, okay. understands music uh, very intricately. Yeah,
0: they're, they're great choices, both both they're those songs, Very so great
1: choices. Very beautiful choices, yeah. yeah. And the way they were filmed, you know, there was a motif Yes. He was in his room. and But each time you see him in that room playing a song, playing that song, uh, something has changed in his life, and you can see that the music is slipping away. And the final yeah. scene is in his room, there is no music. You can see the music system there, well
0: yeah even the room i thought was like a metaphor for the prison that he finds himself in um you know because it uh, the it, it there there is a peculiar kind of a window to um, the hallway that leads to the room uh, by the door and it mm-hmm. looks like as if it's 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 like a you know it's a prison room or it's like a entrance to a prison cell and i thought that that was also uh, you know it's um,
1: yeah, it's so you see yeah. the tragedy, uh, I'm sure. I mean, you know, he ha- it's a prison cell that at least he has windows, you know, and yeah. some air can come in. But once you see that, once you realize that the world won't let you be, they're peeking through your windows. Yeah. yeah. Scene, you know, it's a very laborious scene. He actually, in, in that silence, he goes and shuts every window and bolts the door, Uh, you know. And uh, locks the door and sits underneath it because he just doesn't trust the world outside. You know, this is his right, own right. space, and he doesn't he doesn't believe anymore that even this is safe. Even his right. prison is not safe enough for him, and that's the last time you see him.
0: Right. Well, it's, it's just a great movie, and I just want to congratulate you and the whole team. It's just a brilliant film. I think uh, it's one of the best films in the last um, 10, 15 years, uh, maybe in the last uh, 20 years. Well, wow. thank you. That was part one of my chat with Apurva Saran. Don't forget to listen in on the second part next week. Like I said, Apurva was very candid and genuine throughout the chat, which is all too rare in Bollywood or Hollywood. Our podcast is now widely available on all major platforms. You can get it on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. When you get a chance, do drop us a review on iTunes. It will be much appreciated. Also, please do subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. You can follow me on Twitter at LoveofCinemaSF8. Until next week then, this is Himanshu. And thank you again for listening to the Love of Cinema podcast.